Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Marky Mark Markellis from Soul Wizard Podcast, and you are listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. That's so crazy. It's awesome. I know, but did you see her? Holy cow. But she was good looking. She was good looking. Yeah. All right. Speaking <laughs> good looking, let's get this started. The many loves of John O'Grady. <laughs> Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what? I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it, because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people, right? You want people to care, you want, you want to strike emotions, and I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yep. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. I'm Don't sure somebody's written that one too. Pounder with cheese in France, Mickey? <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. I can totally See? I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my, my progeny to you, of a mighty Marvel beast. <laughs> <laughs> but Neil Adams is somewhere going, hmm, it's, uh, it's my time. Uh, <laughs> how do you measure success? Hey, everyone. You are listening to Superhero Speak, and I'm your host, Dave. John. And JD. JD's back. Woohoo! It's party time. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Uh, yay. So, JD, uh, you were out last week. Um, I was. You changed the date. I know. Well, that was John's fault, but that's another. So, What's so John fault? wasn't feeling well, so we recorded a date later, and then your wife wasn't feeling well. How's your wife she, now? She's better. She had the fever, and I had the kid. So, you know, the kid wins out. Not right. coronavirus, right? I'd, no, it wasn't the coronavirus. <laughs> it was the Mo- the Modelo virus. Oh, um. Oh yeah. Oh. I've seen that joke so many times. I know. I know. I'm I'm not proud of myself, but I couldn't resist. For me, it was the Yingling virus. <laughs> Yingling virus. I've been to Pennsylvania. I know what that is. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can't get that out in the Midwest. Uh, no, we had swim class last week, so that was fun. Watching my three year old swimming, not without me in the pool, like putting my trust in a teenager that he's going to make sure my child does not die in a pool. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. So I had to look at my phone the whole time. I'm I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. (laughs) I'm totally kidding. Totally. My mother-in-law was there and she would have killed me. Yes, I'm sure. (laughs) Cool. Uh, And then you had a book come out since you've been. I did. I did. Well, um, officially the date is Tuesday. So by the time you guys hear this, it'll be yesterday. Snowblind, my, the, the third entry into the books of Jericho. Actually the sixth entry because he was spun off from another series and I had two other books that were like pre-release books, but whatever. Um, this one actually, I decided to do something different and I ran like a pre-release sale. Like I dropped the price to 99 cents to, just to try it out and see how it went. Man, I had the best weekend I've ever had. Like my, num- my raw numbers were awesome. Like cause I cut the price so much. Like the, the, um, you know, my overall profits probably aren't as great as they could have been, but at the same time, it spiked sales of the other books. So this is, it went really well. I decided to extend it, the, the 99 cent sale all the way through the week. So, uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps if the superhero speak Twitter page would be kind to me and share a link or two, hint, hint. <laughs> and I can see some, perhaps we, we, we could use we some could, income. Uh, we could share. Yes. I'll, I'll give you a share of that 35 cents per book I'm making. <laughs> thanks to Amazon. Uh, but it's good though. Like you run these sales and it actually really does spike your back, your backlist. So, uh, 
Yeah, it's so far so good. Yeah, cool. Can't I know a uh, fan of the show, a former coworker of mine, uh, Brian bought it today. He let me know. Oh, so thanks, Brian, who I've never met before. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yes, and oh, he also had a question. Um, it is a book three, by the way, so not, it might not, not a qu- make sense to him. No, no, not a question. Oh, yeah. So, so Brian, Ooh. make sure you buy the other books so you understand what's going on. Right. Um, it's a scam, you see. <laughs> he was asking who Epion was. John, you might be able to answer that. Epion? Isn't, right. what that, isn't that like an Escaflone or Epion is... Um, uh, you're it- going to make the same mistake I did, aren't you? What the hell are you guys talking about? You're going to think it's the DC character from the Paradise Island. No, no, uh, Epion, well, there's an anime with that. I yes. can't remember. Uh, uh, a Gundam Wing. Yeah, that's yes. it. Yes, it's right. a character from Gundam Wing. So uh, D Squared had mentioned yes, last week that that's the background on all of his computers. Oh, okay. And, and that's cool. Brian was it, asking it, who it was. So. It should have been Demon Slayer, but okay. Uh-huh. If you want to do really old school. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So, John, what's new with you this week? Not much. Um, finishing, I'm finishing up the next, uh, 60 pages, about to send that to my editor. Um, and, uh, nothing else really. Good for you on the 60 pages. Yes. It's hard. It is. I'm not, I'm not criticizing. Yeah, but you know what? I was, I was playing around. Oh, shoot. Now, now the name of it is gone. Um, this, this, uh, application that's made for writers, uh, and it has a timeline feature. And I was trying out the timeline feature because, Right now, my timeline is basically um, a series of notes in a text file, and there's, you know, it, it it's not. If I think of something that I want to do, like to rearrange things a little bit, it's hard to do that by cutting and pasting all the time, right? Yeah. But um, are you playing with Scrivener? Scrivener, yeah, that's it. awesome. That's what I use. It's awesome stuff. Yeah. Am I? Oh, am I? I didn't know you were using. I, I'm gonna have questions for you. Because, you know, that, like the timeline feature, apparently there's like another system that a lot of people use and, and, um, and they use it and they, they interface it with, with Scribner. So I'm not sure how that works or the, but I'm having trouble with, with the timeline feature anyway. So I'll probably have questions for you. It sure. seems really nice though. I love it. It's, um, it's almost like a video editing program. What I mean by that is there's so many different functions that it has and ways that you can make things and manipulate them. Like I really like just using folders and maneuvering the folders around personally. Like that's like almost like a corkboard where you can like take your notes up on a corkboard. Yeah. That's the background on it. Yeah. Right? I love it. I love it. It's great. Ooh. Oh, okay. So there you go. There, there's your tip for today, people. <laughs> <laughs> Scribner, check it out. We're not getting paid for this, unfortunately. <laughs> no, not yet anyway. Yeah. Hint, hint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got two writers on the show. We we, we should get paid for that. Um, or period. One one writer and one nearly there. So oh, okay. I'm not I'm not going to take that uh, that appellation until I have earned it. No, 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 dude. You're if you write, you're a writer. Don't like there's there's no reason to um there's no reason to put like parameters on what you what you are as a writer. If you sit down and you write stuff, you're a writer. Like I, I hate. No, you are, man. Give yourself that credit. Like, you can't, like, people like, I'm an aspiring writer. It's like, well, you either are or you aren't. Like, are you sitting there knocking words on the page? If you are, you're a writer. You just haven't, you just haven't released anything yet. Knocking is the right word for it. <laughs> knocking is the absolute term, but there's times me and Scribner go to war. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Cool. And, How uh, about you, Dave? Well, I have, uh, so far been keeping up with my, uh, workouts. I went Monday, Wednesday, and Friday last week. I went this morning. So. I thought I heard Eye of the Tiger playing somewhere in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I see that on your Facebook page every morning because I, too, am at the gym early. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, that was the thing because, like, the thought process was get there early before it gets crowded. There is a group of people now that I see there every morning I'm there. So, um. Well, good. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh. And and it's funny because like my son goes with my son didn't missed one day last week but he went this morning and he's pushing himself too so you know that good that's for you good guys. you know like uh, we do uh, we do weights and then weight machines and then we go and do the bike afterwards and uh, he did the bike for three miles on level two for him that was a big step you know so for someone who doesn't ever work out 
So, you know, it was good. It's uh, I know I'm going to feel this workout tomorrow. <laughs> yes, you will. That's a good thing. You should feel your workout. Being sore is just the body's way to remind you, hey, you got stuff done this morning. Right. No, no, that's true. And then uh, other than that, not much has going on. Um, but hopefully I'll hit my goal. I'm what not- is your goal? You're not, you're not comfortable saying it? That's okay. Well, I, uh, well, okay. My, my real goal, um, is to get down to, uh, how many pounds do I need to lose? Uh, 80 pounds to get to what my doctor wants me to be. Rock. And, uh, but what I would like, and I, I put this on my Facebook page already, uh, I would like to be able to cosplay at New York Comic Con this year as Thor. So, you know. How old are you? Lebowski for Thor. Or... <laughs> oh, I can do that now without any uh, much makeup. No, you are a dick. <laughs> no, what Chris Hemsworth looks like without the fat makeup on. Jeez. Yes. So it's crazy, and I, you know, I fully expect to not hit it, but it's what keeps me motivated to keep trying. So you, you know what you do? Start bring a, a, a mule near. To work uh, to the gym with you. Yeah. And I'll get you motivated. And if anybody says anything untoward to you, you can just bop them over the head with it. There you go. <laughs> you, you can also bring a claw hammer, but that might bring some attention from the police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, so, yes. So, hey, you know what? I mentioned my Facebook page. That's a little bit of social media madness. <laughs> oh, God. I'll be back in 10 minutes. Yep, madness. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, uh, so we he wasn't talked- kidding. He, he just left. So okay. <laughs> what? No, no, nothing. Uh, yes. Go ahead, Dave. Let's get this over with. Rip the bandit off. Um, we had talked about uh Star Wars or Lucas had won it. Uh, I always say his name wrong. Taika Waititi. Taika. Taika Waititi. Uh, to direct a Star Wars movie, and Shane Beauregard, uh, a repeating offender, said. No, unless they give him complete creative control. So I kind of I I get that. I understand that point of view, right? And we got a story I think for later on that kind of talks about creative control for directors. Yeah, I was gonna say Marvel is not known for that because they don't. But he's good at playing within the system. Hmm. Yeah, he is. I mean, but if you look at like Thor Ragnarok and how that was such a departure. From the first two Thor movies, you know, it was for sure. But they also just kind of lifted the, uh, they kind of lifted the, the premise from Planet Hulk and just kind of repurposed it for Thor. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's that's definitely true. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I think it'll take a lot to coax him into doing it though too. Uh, I, I think you need a really good script to get a uh, a director interested at this point. And who knows where they're going to go with stuff. Um, we had talked last week about uh, Patrick Stewart was approached to possibly reprise his role as Professor X, and he turned them down. Um, and we had asked our audience who we thought might make a good replacement for Patrick Stewart. And John and Kevin at Big Stupid Podcast <laughs> said Brian Cranston or Jason Isaacs. Brian Cranston we kind of kicked around last week. I don't know, though. Like... Uh, you know what? I think he might, because, you know, we've had problems with, like, the last few movies and all that, and I think I think he would give it gravitas that, that we've been missing in the Star War, the Star Trek universe. You mean the X-Men universe? Well, yeah. Possibly. <laughs> possibly. Possibly. Well, he, I mean, yeah, it, I like to... I can't see him bald. Well, he can, be, he can do bald. We know that, so. I mean, I like the idea when they were kicking around the idea for him as Lex Luthor. Oh, oh, you know, you know what? You know what would be perfect, though, is if he did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Brian Cranston as Professor X playing um, Rex from Supermansion. <laughs> no, I don't think that would work. That uh... would No, that would totally work. Marvel would never greenlight it. But it would totally work. Can you imagine the X-Men played like Supermansion? Oh, no. my goodness. No, not at all. <laughs> I, uh, have you ever seen Supermansion? No. Uh, I have no oh, idea what you're talking about. 
Yeah, Super Badge is one of those things that you you really like should take time out to to see. What is it? It's it's a, it's it's well, it's, first it's, off, a, it's, it's a it's a claymation uh, show was originally on the uh, the Sony Crackle. Crackle, Crackle app, but the, oh, you can okay. get it on Adult Swim now. But it uh-huh. but it but it's 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 uh it's him it's Brian Cranston playing uh Rex the this this superhero who's been around for a while and him dealing with the super team um, oh my god yeah just just the oh my it's it's adult it's, yeah it's definitely adult uh but it is hysterical yes it's very good uh speaking of things that uh that are funny. Not really. So we talked about um, also that uh, Andy Muschietti, the director of the Flash movie, has confirmed it will be a version of Flashpoint. Um, will it get Grant Gustin in it? And, uh, well, hold on. So Idle Red Hand said, it's a good story, but it was done in the TV series. Also, do they want to start Flash off with an alternative version of the DC Universe? Doesn't that work better when you establish what's normal first? The DCEU seems to rush to the good stuff instead of building towards them. Yeah, and that's the point. The, the point of Flashpoint was like everything changed and there was this new reality and you, you know, there was, there was a sense of loss and, and, you know, and then a sense of wonder at the changes that were being made and, and. Right. This, this is like, well, okay, so we got a horrible movie that nobody ever wants to see again. And now there, there's no emotional investment to make the story really pop. True, true. And I said hi, um, also said, it's pretty much the only interesting thing Flash has done in 35 years. The only problem is they've told the story on TV and in a cartoon movie. Is that the only interesting thing Flash has done? No! Yeah, I have to, I have to agree with that. That That's like... Uh, I mean, a, a lot of people maybe, like Rebirth. Maybe, maybe Barry Allen. Wally West had a great the Wally West the both the Jeff Johns it, and the Mark Wade run even the Mike Barron run those were good books people piss me off <laughs> uh, yeah and uh, and repeat offender Rob Foster said why are they procrastinating on the Flash which is true like they're taking forever to get this movie off the ground um so I'm unsure of that. Do you think they don't have faith in it? I don't think Warner has faith in DC movies right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, regardless of... I actually kind of agree with what the guy was saying, but I had some running water in the background, so I was on mute for like five minutes. Oh, okay. Um, um, <laughs> I'm in the basement. What are you going to do? Sometimes the sump pump drains. Um, I don't think there's a reason to start with Flashpoint. I get why they want to, because I do think he's right. DC And the, the DC movies seem to like, hey, remember Death of Superman? That was really good. Hey, what if we throw Darkseid in there, too? Oh, 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 and we can do Batman versus Superman. You know, it's like, yeah, they don't let things breathe. <clears throat> true, true. I mean, that's, I mean, Batman v Superman borrowed so much from, like, The Dark Knight Returns, and, you know, that's something they should have built toward. The entire Ant-Man film was based on one issue of Avengers. Yeah. It's based on the Scott Lang origin. The, the, the first appearance of Scott Lang. Right. Like, that's, the whole movie is inspired by one comic. One individual comic. Right. And DC, they're trying to, like, get an entire miniseries, which, to be quite honest, everyone loves Flashpoint, but let's not forget what it left us with. The new 52. <laughs> exactly. That was the one. Which then point. had to be renewed. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, people have a fond memory for Flashpoint because it's, it's like an Elseworld story. But it did not leave the DC universe in a better place. Like, they made a lot of money off that new... Like, in 2011, when the new 52 hit, they made a lot of money off those books. But every single one of them kind of imploded onto itself, with the exception of, like, Scott Snyder's Batman, which I believe actually started before the new 52, but I could be wrong on that. Um, yeah, it didn't... I don't know, man. That, that, I don't think you can look at the early part of this decade, uh, the last decade and be like, yep, that's when DC was really good. We should totally emulate all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, they did Rebirth, which was... Okay, but they still got a few things wrong. So then they added the Watchmen to it and and Doomsday Clock, which then revamped their backstories again. I mean, it's like at some point you have to get back to where you're stable and can start telling stories instead of continually changing everything, which gives nobody any purchase to actually like actually want to follow 
any given storyline because, you know, you can't get invested before it all goes away again. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Uh, they were, uh, yeah. I mean, the problem was they were in such a rush to try to beat Marvel and it was like, they didn't do it right. Um, and then finally, the big thing I think we talked about last week was, of course, the surprise cameo and the crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, which was, uh, Ezra Miller's Flash. Um, have you watched it yet, JD? No. Oh my. You can watch the whole thing on the CW app. I know. I just need. I just need to. I'm. I'm a, it's wrestling season. I'm writing books. I'm a parent. Oh my god. I'm busy. I'm a busy man. I'm sorry. I'm a bad nerd. Well, you chain your <laughs> kid to the desk and have him write the book for you. There you go. It's You're three, multitasking. John. It's three, John. <laughs> uh, so, so the question laid out to the fans was, um, what do we mean? What do we think this means for the future of the DC universe? Uh, are we going to get more crossovers like this? Um, and Scream from the Edge said nothing. They just thought it would be cool, and Miller was into it. Um, Probably. Yeah, but the thing is, when you read the story about it, Warner Brothers actually called up Berlanti and asked yep. him if they would include a cameo with him. And Berlanti, who I guess they were like just finishing up post- said we'll fit it in right like this was like yeah don't worry about it we'll fit it in somehow now now granted i think um part of that is they want to try to keep some buzz going about ezra miller's flash to keep momentum going towards a movie but i honestly think they <laughs> they they, 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 Gustin better. <laughs> they tied so much of all the dc stuff into this crossover Warner Brothers was like, well, we've got to include the new movie universe, you know? Yeah, because it would look it would look weird where you've even gotten stuff like Birds of Prey from the '90s references in here, right? But but the only the only universe not included would have been the DC, you know, uh, movie universe. It's just like we all assumed that was off limits. It turns out we were all wrong. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. It was always or, assumed that. They weren't allowed to touch the movie universe, but or maybe Warner panic, like you're saying, because I mean they were the ones that called. So well, yeah. 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 Uh, um, John and John and Kevin at Big Stupid Podcast again. What uh, a title! <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, love I it. fucking love it. Uh, they should just give Berlanti the keys to the kingdom already, both the TV and film universes. Um, I'd agree with that. I mean, I, uh, from from you know, and we'll talk about this again. Um, the the schedule for getting this crossover done was a little bit hectic, and there were some some hiccups. But uh, I mean, just getting this done—a five series crossover—and now they're launching two more series. I mean, uh, that's 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 some Marvel level um, planning there. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think he's proven he cares about these properties. Yeah. You know, he cares about the quality of the shows. Um, I mean, I, now I know there's people listen who don't like all of the CW shows and I don't think you're going to, but you know, I don't think he's, he's done a disservice to any of the characters except maybe yeah, Supergirl, but that's another yeah, well, story. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, he's, they're not like it. He's not, and Berlanti isn't, he's controlling like the timelines and, and the crossovers and, right. and the general direction, everything, but he's not micromanaging the, directors of yeah, the, exactly. each show which is why we still get supergirl breaking the neck of a power cord so uh that was like one of the worst things ever anyway um and then finally good friend of the show and creator of um oh my mind just went blank timothy jones creator of uh sour grapes um said i think the cd cw flash is perfect it was cool that they had tv flash with movie flash I mm -hmm. heard they went for fast food after filming. <laughs> oh my god, that was Boo! bad. I fully, I fully expect that from from him. <laughs> yeah, you well have, played. you do read sour grapes, right? So yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. Um, we still love you, Tim. Uh, uh, but yes, no, I, I, I thought it was cool, and I do think they can do more with that stuff in the future too. Like just to create buzz around movies that might be coming out, have them pop up on an episode you know i mean obviously ezra miller's into it well yeah all right well 
that's it for Social Media Madness week, this week, boys and girls. Um, if you would like to be part of the madness, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Superhero Speak or on Instagram at Superhero Speak or follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Superhero Speak and comment on our posts and we will make sure to include you uh, in the next episode. And while you're at it, make sure you follow the Geek World All-Stars. Just look for hashtag GW All-Stars on Twitter and those podcasts are the So Wizard Podcast, the Poth Prism Power Podcast, oh, that one's a tongue twister, uh, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, Cult 45, and of course, yours truly, Superheroes. So, on that note, boys and girls, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. We're back. And now it's time for some news. And uh, we don't have a lot of news this week, but we have a couple interesting stories, I think. Mm. Um, the first one being that the writer of WandaVision has been pegged to write the script for Captain Marvel 2. Uh, Meg McDonald is the writer of WandaVision, and she's a, a fairly new writer, so I don't know anything else she's written, and we don't know what WandaVision is like yet. Um, you guys have any input on this? No. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, no. I mean, uh, yay that they've picked a woman, so that's good, but uh, otherwise, I don't know, it's like you said, we haven't seen WandaVision yet, so we don't know how she's going to do on this. Doesn't looking at her, uh, looking at this Hollywood Reporter press release, and it doesn't. WandaVision is her first major credit. She must have knocked it out of the park with this. Like she's got some pretty good representation. So mm-hmm. I mean, she probably just really wowed him. I mean, like this actually really, really levels up my expectations for this show. Then again, they gave <laughs> the guy from, from Iron Fist in humans. So yeah, yeah gods. <laughs> And we all saw how good Inhumans were. No, actually, I never did. It was so bad, I, didn't, I never watched it. And me neither. Well, once they shaved Medusa after the first episode, I was like, yeah, no, I can't, I can't do it. Oh, my God. Did they really? Yes. What a... That's like saying, that's like, you know, in the second episode, you break Cap's shield. Yeah. Or you make Spider-Man walk around without his mask. Uh, yeah. Let's let's not get into that. Um, Yeah, I'm just kind of curious why... Uh, the creative team from the first one aren't coming back. There's no mention of that, you know, just that she's been tapped to write Captain Marvel 2. Um, yeah, it, it's funny. I mean, even on IMDb, she's not even on the list of writers. They, well, probably because it's brand. They just sealed the deal. Yeah, yeah, this just came out. And I don't think well, well, no, it says it says one division writer, right? Is hired to write the script for Marvel. But she's, she's not even on the sh- list for one division. But she might not be the showrunner. She might just be a writer on staff. Right, right. Because it doesn't say she's a showrunner. It says she's a scribe. Like, and if it's her first major credit, like, I doubt, like, I highly doubt that she's the showrunner on it. So she probably won't get credit until, like, those episodes actually come out, which is when those things usually happen. Right. So, well, we will will wait till we see WandaVision before we pass judgment on anything. Um, Let's hope that it's good. Uh, Continuing on, we did get our first look. At U.S. Agent to be featured in the Winter Soldier or Falcon Winter Soldier uh, Disney Plus miniseries. Um, it looks a lot like the Captain America uh, suit. Oh, do you know who U.S. Agent? U.S. Is? Agent. Yes. Yeah, I know. He was supposed to be the the government's Steve, but um, 
he turned into fascist man or whatever. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say he's fat. No, that's not quite right. He's not fascist. He's more um, if uh, okay if 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 Steve Rogers is a New Deal Democrat, John Walker was definitely more of a uh, hard right leaning character. Not necessarily a villain, but definitely someone who's got those type of ideologies. I remember reading something where he got like uh, Captain America beat the snot out of him, and then they like I guess. I don't know. There, there's some famous quote that he said to him. I don't know. It, it, I my memory sucks. But uh, yeah, um, I guess. So okay. So I mean, with the inclusion of um, U.S. agent, I think we've talked about this on the show. Um, it's kind of like saying the story is going to be Cap gave the shield to Falcon, but the government's going to step in and say no. We want our own guy to take yeah. over the mantle. Which kind of falls in line with uh, like the Mark Grunewald stuff specifically when Steve Rogers leaves to become the captain or nomad or whatever. And the government right. tries to plug their own guy in. So, again, yeah. Right. Because also like, – oh, go ahead. I, I, I'd like to see when – you know, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, Coulson has like the electronic shield that, you, that I, I've seen Captain America use once in a while – and I got passed on to his son for was it Young Avengers or I forget what the name of that shit was. But um, I was wondering if they were ever gonna if if they're gonna take the shield away, maybe they'll give Falcon the electronic one. I hope not. I was never a fan of that thing. Really? Yeah. 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 yeah that's the the Busek era shield or cap, and it's it's a it's a cute idea, but it's just you know the shield is iconic. Oh, I know, but but you know, but. but. Seriously, but but it's cool. I mean, it's like it's I, I, who who I mean, did that was Falcon always as good as Cap as like throwing it and figuring out all the angles so it always returned to him, or was that just like a superpower that came with the shield? No, and I think they kind of also in the movies. If you think about it, he gets better the more he uses it. By the end, you know, that's when people start going. That thing defies the laws of physics, but hmm. you know. And in first Avenger, he throws it a couple times, but it's not like he's bouncing it off of 20 things and it's coming back to him, you know? So, I mean, I think it's just, it's one of those things you get used to doing it and, and that's what makes you good at it. You know, what is it? The 10,000 hours theory? Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. The more you do, the more you do something, the better you get. Right. So, um, the one thing I do notice too is that there's no, his uniform is red and blue. There's no black in it. And I wonder if that's, you know, on purpose, like, is he going to something going to happen? He's going to come back as a villain with with a black and red and white uniform. Is it? I don't think he'll come back as a villain. Um, is the costume black, or was it always meant to be like a dark blue? Like, it's so hard to tell with those older comics. This is true. This is true. I don't know. I always thought it was supposed to be black, and and when I've seen people cosplay as U.S. agent, it's usually black. See, I always thought it was dark blue, as in like a comment on you know it was the dark blue. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'd run to that wrong. No, it's a good theory. Um, who was the original artist who did U.S. Agent? We'll have to ask him. I want to say Mike Zek. All right. Well, Mike, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> let us know. Um, all right. So moving on. This one I left under the Marvel uh, category of things because it's very interesting. There's apparently a new Star Wars, the Clone Wars comic book coming out. It's not coming out from Marvel. Paul Neary, I was wrong. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, it's coming out from IDW. That kind of shocked me. Um, Did they have a previous agreement with them? or? Well, IDW was doing the Star Wars comics until Disney bought uh, Marvel, and then all the new Star Wars comics were coming out under Marvel. Now, all of a sudden, there's a new story coming out, and IDW is doing it. And it's like So they, they literally had a deal with the devil at some point. <laughs> Well, the it just makes me, being a mouse. <laughs> well, it just makes me wonder: is this a leftover contract from the IDW days, or is this something that Disney doesn't care about, so they gave it to IDW, or is Disney getting ready to buy IDW? <laughs> Marvel, Marvel, uh, IDW prints a lot of like older Marvel stuff. They've been doing that for about a decade. I think they printed um, Simonson's Thor and stuff like that. As as like reprints, right? Yeah, as reprints. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but that's different. I mean, these are brand new, True. this is a brand new continuing story. The 
of a license that's owned by the mouse. So. Well, they do some other Disney stuff too, apparently. That is true. Like IDW has been printing some Disney, <clears throat> Disney focused books. That is interesting. And the Ghostbusters. The real Ghostbusters, apparently. Hmm. So, my question too is, and, and, and I don't mean to be offensive to anyone who likes the Clone Wars stuff, but. But you will. Go ahead. But does anyone care about a Clone Wars comic book at this point? D squared, your thoughts? Maybe they gotta ask. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know John doesn't. Nah, not really. I mean, <laughs> I, I watched the, this, the animated series for a while and, I mean, it was okay. Yeah. I mean, there, I know this is also to cash in on the, the popular, you know, the new season coming out, uh, to catch that wave a little bit. Um, I mean, cause even look at the, the, art style on it they're trying to capture the the cartoon a little bit in mm. that. um but yeah does anyone remember the original clone wars cartoon yeah the uh jetty get oh, I can't remember his name right the tartakovsky one yeah um those were good yeah and i like the style of animation in that like it's a shame you know they went to the they redid the show and <laughs> went to the 3d but well it was so uh it was so his style that samurai jack style yes yeah, yeah, Samurai Jack and, oh, Symbionic Titan. Also Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Great show. Yes. So, but no, now we're getting one more season of the 3D animated one and apparently a comic from IDW. So to any of our listeners, uh, if you're planning to run out and get the comic, let us know and let us know what you think of it because I don't think I'm going to read it. <laughs> hey, Don, Don, this is for you. Tell us what you think. Yeah, I think so, Don. Um, all right. So moving on, we had talked about, um, um, what's his name? Uh, the director of, uh, Dr. Strange dropping out, uh, Scott Deckerson. Is that his name? And, uh, Derrickson. Derrickson. Sorry. I typed it wrong on the email. That's why I, I, yeah. I don't think his name is Dweekson. No, it's (laughs) Derrickson. Um, but apparently some more information has come to light about, what the creative differences were with uh, Marvel and him. Um, of course, when the uh, movie was originally announced, they said Nightmare was going to be the main villain of the movie. And apparently Kevin Feige um, is pushing for Wanda to be the uh, the Scarlet Witch to basically be the villain of the movie. House of M. Yeah. Yes. Which means it's going to tie into WandaVision, which means you have to watch that in order to get the whole story to understand why she's being a villain. And, um, and, and we are right back to, damn it. We're right back to the early nineties. Yep. That's exactly. What <laughs> this is exactly what it's like. A, it's, it's like house of M inspired, but it feels like age of apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things in the article that I shared. Um, of course they, they, they say, um, take it with a grain of salt because they don't know how much of this was true or not. Apparently Derrickson wanted to kill off Wong and, uh, Rachel McAdams, like right in the beginning of the movie and oh, come on. wanted to try to make it more of like a horror movie with jump scares in it. And, uh, Marvel didn't like that idea. Yeah. I'm not really up for that idea either, but, um, and then of course there's also talk that uh Deadpool and um Wolverine were gonna have a cameo in the movie to like fully introduce the mutants back into the MCU. Um but again, don't know how much of it's true, but I do kind of think the fact that he left the movie and um it sounds like that's the direction they're heading. Because if you look at the stuff related to House of I mean not, not House of M, WandaVision <laughs> That looks like it's going to spin off into a House of M type story. Um, because it seems like she's bonkers. Like just the whole concept of what WandaVision seems to be. Like you need, it's clearly, if she's created this like new world, it's clearly she's ill or, you know, crazy. And, you know, that's House of M. Well, that's the whole point. It's just yeah. creating a whole 1950s reality, so. Not so pleasant, Phil, if you will. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, that was the whole. <laughs> that was the whole thing in House of M. She went crazy because she had willed herself to become pregnant 
and have a kid, and then once they, you know, realize... <laughs> Children that were actually fragments of Mephisto's soul. God, I love comics. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so once they realized what was going on, the Avengers put a stop to it. She found out, they erased her memory, but then she found out what crazy and uh, created House of M, where she changed the, the world. Rewrote um, existence. Basically. And then, it, and then was powerful to write those children into actuality. Yes. Canon speed of the Young Avengers. Which I still don't understand why they they still don't list her as the most powerful mutant. Because well, she's easily the most powerful mutant. I mean, like, she rewrote time and space, briefly. Yeah, yeah. she's Omega level, there's no doubt. Omega level, I believe, is the proper term. Yep. Yes. So, so it'll be interesting to see where this is going, and it's it is making me more excited to see WandaVision. Um, look, I understand some people had issues with House of M. I thought it was a cool story. Um, and oh, I, I read I read quite a few of the tie-ins as well. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Um, I didn't read the tie-ins, but I liked the main story. Yeah. Tie-ins are evil. You didn't read the Spider-Man tie-in? No, I didn't read the Spider-Man tie-in. I just read the House of M. Oh, I don't like tie-ins. I don't like tie-ins. Then it becomes <laughs> Age of Apocalypse. And then you're playing the the, kid, the the game of, oh my god, I have to read all 14 of these. Like, that's what broke me on reading Marvel was when they did Infinity, and they reset the universe, and everything had to be, was different for a little while. And, like, series that I liked become series that I hated, because they totally changed creative teams and directions. Like, I haven't been a regular Marvel reader since then, and that was, like, five years ago. And we're back to the 90s when they did that with Yeah, it was. Everything. Yeah, that's right. That's the stuff that drove me away the first time. That's, and they that's brought what, it back. Yeah, that's that's what created the collapse. Right. So, so uh, I mean, I, that you know, we, we said this before. That was when I was <clears throat> a really heavy collector. And I got to the point where to follow a storyline, I was walking in. I, I was not making a lot back then. I was in college. And I'd walk into the comic shop. And he'd... he'd Take the the box for one storyline and throw it on the desk, and it almost break the the legs of the desk. And I'd owe like 150 bucks a week, and there's no way I could afford it. I, I think the worst is when they tried to tie in. They would come out with all those number ones in the 90s, and they tried oh, yeah, to tie yeah, one the, up. The, the, was it um, Spider Man? The uh, uh, Todd McFarlane Spider Man? Oh yeah. They, they had like. Eight number ones. There was the platinum cover. The gold, oh, no, 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 the no. I just meant like every once in a while they would have a number one come out that tied into some other big crossover, and it was like, oh yeah, what if I don't like this character? Why would I go buy their book? Um, yeah, no, it was a crazy time. Uh, but this also does bring to mind when uh, Joss Whedon walked away from Marvel, citing creative differences because he said Feige was forcing him to put stuff in the movies he didn't want to put in. But this yep. is like, we talked about this before, this is what happens. Like, Feige is the showrunner. Like, he dictates what these movies will be. This is all Marvel movies are, just high-level TV. Huh. I never thought of it that way. But you're right. Huh. But, but Feige's more of a micromanager. No, he's like a showrunner. That's what the showrunners do. Like, like we talked about Berlanti. Berlanti does the same thing. Like, this is the direction we want to go in. Right, and it's not necessarily he's micromanaging, but he sits there and says, you have to have a scene where Thor goes into a cave and takes a bath and has a vision of the future <laughs> that ties into Ragnarok. That was dumb. a rubber ducky in the bath. And that was uh, dumb. But I mean, at the same time, this is the same thing that this is, like I said, this is how TV is run. And TV and film is, is typically very different mediums. But Marvel Studios is run like there's not much difference between the way Marvel Studios is run and the way the Berlantiverse is run. You know, yeah, but, I, but, you, but we we're constantly hearing about directors, you know, getting the boot or leaving. Right. Because, right. So it's not ha that's not happening on the TV shows. I mean, well, because TV is different is when you're when you're directing television, you're on for an episode and you move on and you're there for a couple weeks when you're doing like weeks when you're doing a film, you're there for you're you're involved in this thing for a year or two. You know, it's it's different. And that's why they typically hire directors who don't have a lot of clout. Right. Like, who's the one they like? Even Peyton Reed, when they hired him to do Ant Man, had a couple flops under his belt and kind of needed to rebuild. You know, think about it. how many how many of those directors, aside from Favreau the original, had like really extensive histories and then like great resumes. And I think, do you think that's part of it? Is they want to bring in people they know that are just going to listen to their ideas, right, and not push back on them, right. 
people that play ball the way they want to. It's very similar to the way like you hear that some comic editors hire guys to tell the stories that they are in control of rather than hiring an editor, editor hiring a creator and letting them do the story they want. Right. You know, like you don't hire Alan Moore to write your crossover event. You don't hire Alan Moore anyway. Okay, no. Any editor in the world would hire Alan Moore if he called Moore and goes, hey, I want to write Squirrel Girl. The editor of Squirrel Girl goes, fuck yeah, you do. Sorry. <laughs> you know, true. because that's going to sell. But at the same time, if you're writing Squirrel Girl, you need to find a writer. You don't go, I wonder what Alan Moore is up to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, my God. I'm trying to imagine an Alan Moore Squirrel Girl. Story now. Oh was, my god. That would be can you just imagine how awesome that would be? <laughs> it would be incredible just to see what he would do with it. You know, like it would be something either a slightly perverse or completely wholesome. Oh my god. No, no it'd be perverse. It'd just well no, I look at look at his work on Supreme. Supreme his Supreme run is straight up Silver Age superhero stories. You know, like he can, he can do that. Sometimes you don't want to. <laughs> oh man, well, Squirrel Girl, I have no idea what he would do. But you'd read it, right? Everyone oh, on this yeah. show. Every, okay, Dave. Twitter poll. Would you read Alan Moore's Squirrel Girl? Uh, yes, yes. Of course that, that, you would. Everyone I, would. I, I think exactly. We're going to, we're going to, uh, we're definitely going to do a poll, and I think we're going to ask which writer would you like to see take on Squirrel Girl. And we'll do Ellen Moore, Frank Miller. <laughs> that would be dark. Uh, uh, Todd McFarlane. And come on, let me, let, give me a... Jim Lee? No. Oh, Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison, oh, there God. you go. Oh, yes. Grant Morrison, all right. Now that would be amazing. Grant Morrison, Squirrel Girl. Oh, all right. Yes, we're going to put the question to you, our audience. Look forward to that poll. Hey, Marvel, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, Speaking of craziness, Marvel. Um, so we had talked about uh, a bunch of cartoon series that were announced for Hulu not that long ago. Oh, um, bummed. Among them was Modoc, uh and Hitmonkey, plus Howard the Duck and Tigra and Dazzler. Well, Howard the Duck and Tiger and Dallas are, Dazzler are dead on arrival. Um, they have canceled those series before they even really got going. And, uh, they're also saying that most likely the offenders, which I believe was the Kevin Smith head, headed, uh, ca- uh, cartoon, uh, will probably not move forward since, you know, it was supposed to be like a team up of all of those characters. Um, is this a fallout of the Jeff Loeb leaving Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, I had a feeling this was probably his, his baby. Um, which is weird. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's strange that because in my mind, all you're doing is hurting the people who are working on those shows because. Yeah, but you don't want to spend money on projects you don't believe in. Oh, that's true too. I don't know. I kind of wanted to see a Howard the Duck, uh, Me too. Cartoon. I did too. Everybody did. Now there's an Alan Moore project. <laughs> for real, I bet Alan. Honestly, for real, I bet Alan Moore would write the hell out of Howard, uh, like a subversive Howard the Duck, a little bit more in Gerber, like what, kind of what Gerber did. Subversive, because that's the whole point of the character. But I mean, yeah, exactly, like Alan Moore style subversive. Like I bet it would be damn entertaining. Yeah, yeah I think so. All right, hashtag Alan Moore for Howard the Duck. I'm trying to get Alan Moore work. I mean, I know he's not going to appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because. Then they're going to turn his work into movies that he's going to hate. So he messed out on this Watchmen. I really do think if Alan Moore wasn't Alan Moore, I do think he would like his watch this Watchmen adaptation. I really do. I love yeah. this. That's what I have been watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. Well, speaking of people who are missing out on work, um, Hugo Weaving. Oh, they met me. <laughs> uh, was recently revealed in a couple of interviews why. A, he was absent from the Avengers movie. It wasn't him who played Red Skull. And why he will not be in Matrix 4 um, as Agent Smith. So the Matrix 4, basically, he is uh, it's a scheduling conflict. Um, he is going to be working on a um, production of 
uh, the play The Visit, and uh, there there won't be enough of a break for him to be able to go and film The Matrix. There's a conflict there. Okay, that that's that's good in understanding. Apparently, the Red Skull um, issue was that Marvel had promised him more money uh, to do more movies, and then when they asked him to come back to do Infinity War, it was actually less money. Well, I mean, they're they are struggling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they could have they could have gone through their their couch pillows to see if they had anything more for him, but. So then they hired Ross Marquand, who's one of the greatest impersonators in the world. A small true uh, true story. I actually edited a film, his first movie that he ever was in. Really? Nice. Mm-hmm. That's a little movie called Blues Called Happily Ever After, about about ten years ago. Yeah. Um nice super nice guy. Um yeah. This would have been Am I the only person that thinks that Marvel kind of screwed up by not making Robert Redford in, in Winter Soldier Red Skull? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no no. I, I think you're right. That would okay. have been been like the ultimate reveal and that would have been pretty cool um yeah i mean i guess the downside of a character like red skull since it's such a heavy makeup role like anybody can be him anyone can be him right exactly um so that's like you know marvel's played hardball and he said no i don't want to take it for less money so they just got an impersonator um yeah i don't know it's a shame it's a shame when talented actors get screwed over like that i think you know because I can't yep. think of anything he's been in that I haven't liked him in. Well, Matrix 3, but... Oh, yeah. But that's not his fault. <laughs> no, that... not his fault. No, not at all. But... So can we... So ooh, how bad is Matrix 4 going to be? Like I don't real? know. I, I, unless Do we really they... care anymore? It, like, the storyline just got progressively worse and worse, and now... It was such a good first movie, and they totally could have left it alone, and nobody would have said a word negative about it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and it's funny because it was done in a way, I want to say, like, the first Star Wars movie, right? Where you don't know if it's going to be a hit. You leave it open. You you basically finish the story, but leave it open-ended enough where people might want a sequel. And that's what they did, you know? But then, like, they didn't give us Empire Strikes Back. No. Yeah, I still or, maintain that Reloaded was worse than Revolutions. I hated Reloaded more than I hated Revolution. Yeah, because then all of a sudden that was the other thing too. Like all of a sudden they would introduce these weird characters with no backstory at all to them, and and they were just supposed to be cool. Like remember the or remember the water orgy, oh. the, the, like big dance number for reasons. Like, yeah, reasons. Yeah, this is, exactly. Okay, so we're talking, this makes things like, this is what we're, we're talking earlier about, like, why Feige holds such a tight reins on his, on his films. And this is why. Because sometimes directors, they don't have, like, a, a quote unquote, not like an editor in terms of chopping up a movie, but like an editor and someone to rein them in. Because sometimes directors need to be reined in. Like, the Wachowskis are proof of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that, I don't think anyone's ever going to argue that. Um, yeah, and like, what story can they even tell now of the Matrix I don't Four? I have no idea. Like half, like half, like, the world they created is essentially invalid. Like you can't travel through phone lines anymore. We don't have phone lines, you know? Yeah, and not, not only that, like they kind they, of they said kinda that killed, they, they killed Neo. Right. They they they, they basically killed off Neo and said that he's just a a program created from the Matrix to be able to reset the Matrix, and it was just like. That's when it got weird. It was just like, yeah, no, you destroyed, you destroyed hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't be very good. No. I'm gonna see it because it's gonna be a car wreck, but it's not gonna be very good. Yeah, there's another, there's another good question for Twitter. Uh, what do you guys think? Are you looking forward to seeing The Matrix Four, or have you given up on it, like us? I guess we'll wait till we see a preview, right? Yeah. Well, we, yeah. I, I mean. The the production values might be up there. I'm I'm sure they're going to sink a whole lot of money into this thing. And their movies look great, like they always do. Speed Racer, that's a twenty year old or ten year, fifteen year old movie now. That looks yeah. great. Jupiter Ascending, something that movie is called. Yeah, yeah. Like, I the movie. The trailers look fantastic. Yeah, but the well, the, the storyline wasn't that great. I didn't though. say anything about the story. <laughs> no, visually they're good looking movies. Yes. But but the thing is that uh, I mean like. It was groundbreaking at the time the Matrix was, but now everybody's done bullet time. It's like unless they come up with something else new or, you know, 
break more ground somehow. I don't, I don't see this, you know, making it. I have a friend who saw The Godfather like way after he'd seen all those other mafia movies. And when he saw it, he was like, meh, you know, I kind of seen it before. And you're like, yeah, but this is where all that came from. And he's like, yeah, but I, I saw it already. Right. And exactly. then you're, and then you're kind of like, oh, okay. So, I mean, it's kind of like that. Like the matrix was such an influential film for the latter, for like the early part of the century that like, if you've never seen it, you've really seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> well, all right. So we got one final story for the week. Um, as much as everyone loved Crisis on Infinite Earths, they did. Oh, all right, they did. Yes. Uh, you didn't like? You guys didn't like it? Have I checked out every time we got we've done spoilers on this? Like, no, like no, 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 no. It's really okay. good. They, okay. It, okay. For for what they've done before, and like the first few crossovers on the CW weren't that great, but they've gotten progressively better. This one, um, I mean, there were a few things that were cheesy, but. It, 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 for the most part, they with the budgets they had, they did amazing. Oh, I thought you were being facetious. No, no, no. So there was one person who wasn't happy with the how um, things ended up, and uh, that's Stephen Amell. Uh, he was on Michael Rosenbaum's Inside of You podcast. Uh, the other person who didn't show up for the crossover. Uh, didn't get enough cheddar. Yeah, yeah. They didn't offer him enough money, and they didn't give him enough information on what his part would be. Um, but he basically – so he wasn't necessarily saying he didn't like the crossover. He was upset with how it had to be filmed due to timing. And um, there's the basically the, – you you know what happens to Green Arrow, right, at this point. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. Yes. He, he did. He, he uh, sort of dies. I mean, he, he technically could come back because he was the um, – the Spectre, so... See, now you just spoiled it. Well, I didn't know that. Thanks a lot, man. Oh. I'll let it slide. No, he's dead. Uh, <laughs> he's but, definitely dead. But his whole thing was, because of the timing and whatnot, um, some of the actors weren't there during, the, during those scenes, so he had to act to tennis balls, you know? And he's like, it just makes it harder because you're not getting reaction back from other actors. You know, and it makes it hard, especially when you're doing an emotional scene like that, which is, I guess, the downside of a big crossover like that, because apparently the other shows were starting to pick up for their next episodes. So the actors had to go and film their other episodes while he was doing this by himself. Which kind since, of sucks. Yeah, I was going to say, since and, JD, and, oh, go ahead, John. No, they, they, I mean, and the, like I said this before, the schedules that they had for these crossovers like the the Arrow production crew was basically um you know putting everything in boxes when they got the call for Ezra Miller and they had to do that with the production crew from uh from the Flash right and yeah, yeah I mean and was it yeah the article that we were looking at that this was done I think this was done with the Flash production crew too right or was this Arrow? But they had that. But they were supposed to have people there from other, from the other shows that were also on set the next day. And it's just, it was well. The, his thing well, was it, it's taking place on the Supergirl episode, so it should have been the Supergirl crew helping. But they were doing the next Supergirl episode while they were trying to film this scene. Yeah. Um. So so JD, I'm curious. You've worked on a lot of different movies. Have you ever? Had somebody who had to act against the tennis ball? No, that's not my new. Um, I never had that kind of money on a movie. Um, <laughs> it, it, it does remind me of a story. This is going to sound terrible. This is going to remind me of a story that John and Wesley Shipp told me when we were making Grotesque. Is because at the time he was making all these like Hallmark movies, right? Uh-huh. And they're made on such like a tight budget that if a can a camera setup had to be, if they're making like a movie, like if the camera had to be in one position, they shot all of your stuff. In that, with that camera setup. So, and they'd be out of order and you just get the size and you're going. And he'd be like, I don't know. And you're not, oftentimes you're not, if you have like a conversation and it's shot in, in one shots, you're not acting with that person because you're just going. And he's like, as an actor, it's challenging because you have no idea like what's going on or who you're talking to or what the context of anything is. Is you, they tell you how you're supposed to feel and you just go. Two takes, move on. Two takes, move on. Change wardrobe, you know? And they keep, like, they just try to maximize it as much as possible. So it made me think of that. Uh, the Emmy-winning gold on the Hallmark Channel. Um, hmm. 
did that later in life. He had a little bit of a middle part of his career that things slowed down, but he's getting more work now and I'm very happy for him. Yes, yes. Won't do yeah. this podcast, won't do the podcast, but I'm very happy for him. I wonder if he even listens to the podcast. No, guarantee not. Guarantee not. So I can say stuff like that. It doesn't matter. Okay. Cause you know, I mean, come on. We need to get him to talk about his performance in the crisis crossover. I've tried. We'll have a conversation and the second I bring it up, it's like, I don't, but again, like I said, I think I talked about this before. Like, I don't think he just is interested in doing any podcast because he's not like he's doing other people's. Right. You know, he just doesn't, I don't think he's interested in coming out and talking, which is weird. I don't know why. You know, we just fawn over him and I know he would enjoy that. So, <laughs> Maybe that's what he's afraid of. Maybe Could he's be. afraid we will just fawn over him. And that's then... true. And there's some actors that are very, very uncomfortable with people telling them that they're great or if they enjoy their work. Like, a lot of them really, like, that. I don't remember if John's like this or not. It's been a while since we've, like, actually worked together. But, I mean, like, some actors are just like, eh, please don't tell me things. Oh, but that, uh, that's the whole thing. I mean, the people yeah. who listen to the show know that we don't usually fawn over people. No, I know. I was point. kidding when I said that. No, but but it's true. I mean, and we've had some, we've had other actors from the CW shows on this, on this podcast. And we don't fawn over them, you know. It's just like. Um, I, I did drool a little. Over Matt Letcher, so you know. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I thought you were talking about a cosplayer. <laughs> uh, sexy crazy. Anyway, um, zing, zing. <laughs> I know it's an all-fair conversation. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, you know, because I, I, we, I think we've all talked to enough celebrities and creative people that we realize at this point they're just people. We yeah. just want to. We're just going to have a conversation with them. You know. Well, in, unless it's Marina Sirtis, and then just bring some dark chocolate. It's, well, yeah, it's... that's true. <laughs> I mean, the only person I ever almost fawned over was uh, Kevin Conroy, but, you know, that's a whole other story. If I fawn over someone, it might as well be Kevin Conroy. Well, yes. yes. Well, I, I kind of lost it over uh, David Bradley. Yeah. I was... Yeah, yeah, you were crying. Oh, I mean... No, I wasn't no. crying. <laughs> I was weeping openly. There's a difference. Oh, okay, good. But anyway, we are way off topic now. Um, That's what we do. Um, so, yeah, no, and I thought his performance was fine. I understand what he's saying about having to act against the tennis ball. Um, but, but Stephen, don't be, don't worry about it. You're fine. In fact, if you want to come on the show and talk about your final performance as the Green Arrow, um, we're, we're more than willing to talk to you i mean you, you did michael's podcast it's the same thing here it'd be a great conversation you'll enjoy it trust us we have a backer who's a nigerian prince and he will wire you the money in bitcoin to your account <laughs> trust us oh yes anyway um so that's it for the news this week i think uh i think we can wrap up uh you guys have any recommendations for our audience this week jd Snowblind available for 99 cents currently on Amazon. <laughs> ABC. Uh, Easy as one, two, three. Do re me. Please feed my child. It's only a, it's, I'm getting 35 cents. That's all for I just ask. 35 cents for just 30, You can 90, support a 99, 99. Well, let's, let's be real. 99 of your cents. I'm only receiving 35, but Jeff Bezos gets the rest. Ugh. Hey, poor, you got to dance. You gotta dance where the floor's at. Yeah. Can't disco in the street. People arrest you for that. No. No, you can't. Um, alright. So check out Snowblind People. How about you, John? Anything, uh? I finally found an anime that I liked for the new season called Inspector. Yes, it's not really a cool name that JD's really expecting. Um, highly disappointed. I didn't even get a gadget in there. I know, I know. And it's like, even like the other one, the only other one I have to recommend is Radiant. They're on their second season for the and for for the season and and it it blew up. I mean, it went from from fair to middling to a really excellent storyline. But yeah, they're only like you know, a radiant and inspector. You know, well, I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting for you know the next how or was it how I met your slime or something. <laughs> How I very, Met Your Slime. Well, you know, it's that or Slime Art Online or, you know, that time I was reincarnated as a slime. So they're all because the, it's it's like J.D. said, some of these some of these uh, titles are just absolutely ridiculous. Like the, the the what I'm really waiting for is the third season of Is It Wrong to Try and Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? God, I love Japan. <laughs> 
It's the best. Japan is the best. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I will recommend, uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Uh, we are available wherever podcasts are available. Um, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, though not much goes on in Instagram unless we're at a show. Uh, yep. We <laughs> <had an> Instagram? <laughs> That's my line. I had no idea. Well, I legitimately had no idea. I don't even think I'm following the show on Instagram. I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> and also while you're at it, make sure you check out the House of D podcast uh, for our our fourth unsung hero, um, D Squared, and uh, him and his brother do a great little podcast about comic books. I think you'll enjoy if you like this show. And on that note, I think that's where we'll put a pin in it for this week, boys and girls. So as always, thanks for listening. And don't let your cape get caught in the door. Have a good week. Unfortunate stuff to cover in the new year already. It's like January. Yeah, I know. So, no. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? That was ominous as fuck. And that, and that signals the end. I'm what going the hell to... was that? It was that... my, my stand? Yeah. My arm? The spring just sprung. Like my fan. <laughs> so eerie at the wrong time. It's been a very bad year. Boom. <laughs> Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.